This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Scott, joined as almost always by Jeff and Alex. Say hello, guys. Hey. Hello. And we are also joined again by guest Wade. Hi, fellas. Great to be here. (laughs) All right, so... First uh, time, long time. (laughs) Every time. So this week we let Wade pick. Uh, What are we going to be talking about so today we are going to be talking about, uh, in my opinion, uh, Terry Gilliam's magnum opus, the 1981 fantasy adventure movie, Time Bandits. All right. I do love that movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Discussion over. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's one of the few actual, you know, maybe sort of kids movies that my parents let me watch. That let me watch a lot of other R-rated stuff, but this one's like, hey, you know what? This is actually meant for me. <laughs> there's no boobies. There's no, you know, killer clowns stabbing people. Yeah, I watched this pretty young, I do remember, and I wasn't particularly scared. I was scared a bit of the evil character, but I still thought he was also kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, I was given, mm-hmm. to this, given this movie very early. I, I was probably about the same age as Kevin, the kid in the movie, was. So he kind of looked yeah. like me as a kid too. So I really identified with that kid. I mean, I, I have to, I have to ask: Is this really a kids' movie? <laughs> it's not really, but I watched a lot of things that weren't meant for children. As well. Yeah, it, it was. Well, to me. But, well, I mean, the <laughs> the whole, the dressings on it makes it seem like it's definitely a kids' movie. But once you actually sit down and watch it all. There's a, there's a lot of dark things going on. There's a lot of dark stuff. There's a lot of people dying and yes. just getting well, more, shot. More, more than just dying, but yeah. Getting yeah. Orphaned. Yeah, yeah. The very end. But let's face it, those weren't the, the best parents a kid could have. Yeah, so the parents. So when we first see Kevin's parents, they're, I found, found this very efficient in the way that they set up his parents because his parents are watching a game show and all they talk about is the appliances that they have. They're watching people win appliances on a game show, and they're saying, oh, that's a really good appliance. That's better than ours. And the father says, but at least we've got this other appliance. And in the morning, they're making things with appliances and talking about appliances. Their entire lives are completely (laughs) consumer-driven. They're soulless consumers, while Kevin is always reading books and saying, isn't this interesting about in Greece, all the soldiers did all these cool things? And they're like, shut up, kid, go away. Did they have a blender? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they weren't that great. Yeah, well, I think it's there's, it's part of a broader theme, right? Because evil, yeah, is, evil is, is all about technology, right? That's the greater theme. Yeah, that his whole vision of of reality is uh, starting with lasers. Eight o'clock, day one. It's all about work. <laughs> what good are slugs? They can't operate machinery. <laughs> he has that whole speech about his vision, and it's all just it's all, yeah, soulless drudgery, making things and computers and trunk dialing networks or whatever he says (laughs) (laughs) and everything um oh his his evil lair is all like weird that that kind of 
Gilliam old-fashioned technology kind of gone crazy, almost like kind of steampunky almost, where everybody's like dressed in like these plastic overcoats, and there's all these gears and knobs and steam vents and things. And a floating fat guy just flies by and pulls plugs on kids. That's Dune. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> there were plastic suits in that, yeah. too. I mean, and then the only concession yeah. to the fact that they're not actually human is the... They have the horns underneath the, the plastic. Now, do they all have horns? I was looking, but I couldn't quite... There was think, the one I guy think, with the one really big horn. I think they Robert. either have horns or... <laughs> that wasn't a horn. Or they'll have, like, <laughs> uh, like animal like teeth, like the things. Oh, yeah. The, well, the guy with the horn also had, like, uh, canines, lower canines. Yeah. I liked how that character's name was Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Some call me Rob. Yeah. <laughs> And I also noticed, this is the first time I ever noticed it, but in the very beginning when Kevin's, uh, when you see Kevin's parents, you see his living room, there are sofas, like their sofas and their Lazy Boys all have plastic coverings over them. They're sitting on plastic-covered furniture so they don't get their precious furniture messed up. And that goes along with evil, how everybody's dressed in plastic. At one point, um, he's sitting at this desk, and his desk is completely covered in plastic, and his throne is covered in plastic, and he's got this giant, like, heliotrope thing, and that's covered in plastic. Everything's covered in plastic, just like his parents' house. I really hated that. Visiting, <laughs> it wasn't even my grandma's house. It was just visiting some old aunt's house. Yeah, she would do that? And all, like, a plastic I, couch and everything. I, was like, I don't Man. understand that at all. I, I know... <laughs> I work with some people. They tell stories about their parents. Yeah. They'll they'll cover the the remote controls, the TVs, and things like that with saran wrap. <laughs> it's just it's just ingrained. Do they replace it regularly at least? No, like, I don't. I don't understand. It's all yeah. yellowed and placky. It's just like this ingrained <laughs> thing to keep things intact as much as possible. Yeah. You have to keep it nice. It's like, what's the point? It still looks like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would they take it off for company? Not, not for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the no, idea. It's only you... Scott. Put this Rand right back yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you judge your worth based on walking in. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm plastic level still. Yeah. I've been delved deep enough. <laughs> A real cloth upholstery. Yeah. They're not gonna raw dog it with you. <laughs> they don't trust where you've been. So there's one kind of. Conf- confusing thing about the the way the plot's laid out yeah. from beginning to end. So the, the beginning starts with kind of the dream sequence with Kevin, right? And then... Uh, with Wayne. the night. Yeah, yeah, with the night. Yeah. And then, like, pretty much everything that happens to them is kind of the stuff of dreams and nightmares, but it's stuff that is kind of directly referencing Kevin. Right, his, his toys. Stuff the yeah, 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 and, the, and his interest in history. Yeah. And then we find out that it all, you know, everything actually did happen. It's right. kind of coincidental that it all had to do with it. And it goes back to like what you're talking about with the plastic. Like uh-huh. Everything's covered in plastic. His parents are really just no better than the, the peons that, that serve evil. Right. Um, I, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a weird choice for me. Like, so what, that, that they... It seems like they went out, like Gilliam went out of his way to make it seem like it was Kevin's dream. And then, right. Yeah, if it's all just a dream, and all of a sudden, oh my god, that makes sense, I'm connecting, I'm thinking, oh no, it wasn't a dream. Yeah. Psyched you out for one minute. Yeah, it's just a weird, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe it was just oversight, or... Oh, uh, Terry G, he got me again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but then you think, what, 
Was it really a dream, or did you know uh, the supreme being make that, things that way? That's that's what you're left to think is that yeah. it was all on the supreme being. For some reason, was piggybacking on Kevin's whatever, but then because he's a supreme being, it was technically his own thoughts. It's it. right. <laughs> it's it, you know, it gets pretty deep if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, this movie has midgets. <laughs> it does. Yeah, a lot of them. Kenny there was there Kenny was fucking Baker. Yeah, R two D to himself. So apparently, do you know the the backstory of like why there's six instead of seven midgets? Well, they talk they talk about horse flesh. Right. Yeah, horse flesh in the original script was a character that they wrote out, and because they didn't want there to be seven dwarves, mm. they thought that, that was too Snow Whitey. But they left in the references to horse flesh. But there's that one midget evil guy in the um, in the supreme being in the evil guy's castle, and there's somebody credited as horse flesh. So they may have like named that midget horse flesh. So when they're talking about horse flesh, and they say, "Oh, he made the map," and "Oh, he's dead," maybe he just became evil, and they're treating him as if he died. Mm, I see. There's some sort of hidden backstory of betrayal amongst the time bandits. I'd, I'd hope so. I'd hate for some dude to lose a sweet gig like this just because they didn't want the the Seven Doors reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're fired. What? <laughs> yeah, so, do you know why the, do you know why they're, uh, the, the Gilliam wrote them, Gilliam, Gilliam and Palin? This movie's written, if anybody doesn't know, by uh, Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin, both of the um, Sarah's Python dead? Flying Circus. Who? <laughs> Sarah Palin's dead? Yes. Oh, I knew it. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I had nothing. I can do nothing with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the reason why was because uh, they wanted the audiences to accept Kevin, who's a child, as an equal with these apparently adult bandits. So they were very childish. These yeah, they're very childish, and they're not actually adults if you think about it. They're more like yeah. angels. Yeah. So yeah. So the fact that Kevin is kind of in the same league as them, and you know he kind of helps them out through many of their jams. So it might seem strange if there were these six foot tall guys constantly getting rescued by this eight year old child or ten year old child, however old he is. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's something that yeah, I never really thought about until I read that little fact, and yeah, you just kind of accept it automatically that this kid is kind of on the same that, level. That is true, I, and it's kind of racist, isn't it? Isn't that kind of like bigoted um, of us? For for, if that, for for getting out of the physical jams, yes, but I always took it as they they weren't <laughs> not uh, and they, I guess this plays into exactly what you're saying. Yeah. That be because of their height and the fact that they serve the supreme being that they weren't they weren't like normal humans. Right. Um, so they didn't think the same, along the same. They obviously don't think along the same lines as a normal person would. Yeah. Uh, so that that was a lot of their problems is they didn't you know they weren't able to comprehend what was going on around them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of physical jams, how about that escape from the uh, hanging jail cell? Yeah, I was just telling Wade that I skipped that scene watching it again. <laughs> what? That's like one of my favorites. It's so tense. It's like you idiots are gonna use the rope that is suspending <laughs> you, your cages. It's keeping you alive to try and escape. It's like, well, they've got no choice. Really. Yeah, they've got all they've got. Well, they could have used their clothes. They're all for most. For, I guess the second half of the movie. They're in those, like, white 
tuxedos. So, oh, so, yeah, from the uh, what, Titanic? <laughs> well, well yeah. that, was, that was really cool. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they start out as black tuxedos, yeah. and then when they go into the Age of Legends, they go through that, like, white filter when they, like, dimension shift, and then suddenly they're all in white tuxedos. <laughs> That's right. Cool. By the way, that, that, that little scene did not age well. <laughs> I was remembering it looks like they're falling in milk. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember the milk part. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's you know, the movie actually holds up pretty well for being from 1981. Well, the humor, as far as the effects, yeah, I mean, everything holds up very well. But I'm I was speaking specifically of the effects, especially because it was not a large budget movie. Well, some of the costumes look pretty horrible, but. Uh, which ones? The the Minotaur. Oh, well, yeah, that was just... Um, I, I never really... I always wondered as a kid whether that was supposed to be his head you know, or I was, if it was just a guy wearing... Exactly. They never really make that clear. <laughs> I, I was wondering the same thing again watching it now. Yeah. Um, and then the... I don't know what you call them, but the minions. Oh, yeah, the big cow yeah, skull they're thing. they basically guys holding up sticks <laughs> they looked cool though no, no i mean they, it's, they, it's, they, it's 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 obviously not they didn't put a lot of money into it or anything yeah. but i thought just stylistically artistically they're creepy right but i mean when like the scene towards them when they're all surrounded you can clearly tell that there's they're being puppeted yeah, yeah. i mean where it's i, I don't know I, I, i'm just nitpicking here yeah the, i mean yeah i agree they still look cool I mean, you consider how many, like, different time periods they go through, how many completely different types of costumes they go through, all the different characters. It's kind of, it's a movie of vignettes, almost. It's it's very yeah. much a Monty Python thing. Yeah. In that regard. Yeah, I was really impressed. This movie. It's a silly film. <laughs> so, um, so let's jump back a little bit here. So they, they get rolling... Um, they come out of his closet, right? Yeah, it's like wardrobe. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> and then the supreme being shows up and they run away. Right. And He's a, just a big face, right? A big light. Yeah, with the voice of Tony J. He's <laughs> got like the most the coolest voice in all of Hollywood. Anyone find it strange that just for Kevin's case, the hole is through a, like a wall? They've got to suddenly push down a hall that didn't never really existed like in the rest of the movie these 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 holes the, these mistakes in creation just sort of pop up and then disappear whereas in Kevin's room they've got to push a wall that never pushed before and fall into a bottomless void to get into the hole well the creator <laughs> well so in two and in three three instances they go through a portal that isn't just the the usual straight up and down rectangle coming out of the ground so they have the closet when they get in the whirlpool and get thrown into the other dimension. But that wasn't that wasn't a uh, hole. They even specifically say that all they had to do was believe in the time of legends and they would be transported there, which was basically just the evil genius telling them that. The evil genius okay. uses his cauldron to suck them into the time okay. of legends. Yeah. And then when they, they run off to get all the Yeah, there well there's yeah, there's a gigantic hole beneath them that we never see. Supposedly. Special effects. <laughs> But that's in the, you know the the palace of ultimate darkness in the time of legends. Whereas the hole in Kevin's room is just it's just some guy's house. I like how you're throwing out phrases like that, and it sounds like a a D and D campaign or like a Skyrim thing. <laughs> yeah, I oh, guess. yeah. You just your character just has to believe in the age of <laughs> legends, and then he's there. What game facts? You've done it again. <laughs> it is a fantasy film. 
fantasy yeah. stories all have the same, have similar, you know, similar qualities. Mm-hmm. So, so they come through Kevin's closet, and the, the first place they go to is war-torn France. Italy. Seven, is it Italy with that? Yeah, they're, he's conquering Italy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Potato. Which, which is, you know, Napoleon was actually like, um, what was it, uh, Sardinian or something like that? Like he would, it was a country that well, he wasn't actually born in France. He was born in the island off of the coast of Italy that was owned by France, but culturally they were Italian. So when he says, nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and he also says Charlemagne was five feet tall when it was not true. Charlemagne was quite tall. He was five five. He was actually like oh six foot or over. He was extremely tall. Because so. at that period of time, he would have been a giant. Yeah, exactly. But I love that that Napoleon has like his hand. You know, all of those portraits of him with his hand in his like in his jacket pocket, and he keeps his hand in his jacket pocket through most of his scenes. And at the very end, they pull it out, and he's got a fake golden hand. That's the reason why you always see Napoleon yeah. with his hand in his pocket. Well, that, what, that might have been my. My favorite joke in the entire movie is he's watching the little puppet show. Yes, the puppet show. Yeah, but but he goes to clap, and he has to oh, have right. his like his, his <laughs> captain come over and hold out yeah. his hand so he can uh-huh. hit his hand and actually clap because he won't take his hand <laughs> yeah. out of his jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that whole scene is pretty hysterical. Yeah, yeah. With the... Little things hitting each other. That's what I like. <laughs> and the uh, the guy running the the show yeah. just keeps trying to kill himself. Yeah. Hooks the new the noose up to the uh, the curtain uh, string. And then my second favorite gag is right there when he 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 passes out. And he's got the yeah. noose and it pulls up the curtain, <laughs> and his captains are are behind it making out. Were they making out? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't ever know. I didn't even notice that this time. I thought they were just talking. They're they're like you can tell for a split second they're like holding each other and then they one guy lets go. Oh wow! I've never noticed. I, I, you know what? I could be wrong about that, but they—they they like the one guy looks like he pulls back from the other guy. Well, I think they're yeah. I always just thought that they were like kind of conspiratorially talking, saying like this Napoleon guy is like office rocker, and then the curtain draws back, and all of a sudden there's Napoleon standing right next to them. So they're all kind of a little bit surprised. Maybe that could be it. Yeah, that was my impression. That was always my but Maybe they were making it. Maybe I just didn't get yeah. the joke. But, you know, whenever I watch that scene when he introduces the three idiots and says, they swallow brushes. <laughs> I always want to see that show. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see that? They swallow brushes. Yeah, it's... it's because it's set up right next to the donkey show tent. So there you go. Yeah. Nobody, just, nobody just goes to see the swallowing brushes show. So everybody yeah. in this show is over five feet tall. They're all freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then their whole like, was that what they? What was their plan exactly? The bandits, when they said, "Yeah, we've got this idea. We're going to jump up on stage and deliver this awesome show." Were they trying? I think. Do you they, think to be ridiculous, or were they trying to have a good show that fails? Just to trying to ingratiate themselves. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's kind of weak. <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, we're going to rob Napoleon for everything he's worth," and then they're able to get him, you know, drunk in the next scene. But yeah. You know, it's not much of a plan. <laughs> yeah. mm, they're bandits. Well, it was their first haul. It was their very first time. And their best haul. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, when they first show up, they've all got guns. Did you notice that? Yeah, I know the one who had the pistol, and then it was gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah, well, uh, Randall, the leader, he drops his gun, 
uh, and then uh, at the very beginning, right when Kevin says something, um, I think it's Wally, the guy with the beard. He has like a Tommy gun that he accidentally shoots up into the into the ceiling. And how the hell uh, Kevin's parents never <laughs> responded to any of that is, uh, I guess, a bit of movie magic. They're, they're too self-absorbed, like you were saying, yeah. in, the, in their appliances. Well, they, in, earlier they had established that whenever Kevin is just kind of running around his room, his father storms in and says, knock off all this noise. But mm. then when people are literally firing machine guns in his room, not a peep from them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they bought white noise generators or something. Yeah. It's one of their many appliances. <laughs> so it's talking... A little more about a couple of the bandits. Uh, Jack yeah. Jack Purvis um, was at least in. Uh, he was the Wally, the bearded one. Right. Was in Baron Munchausen. Right. He was uh, the the guy that could blow really hard. Yeah, he had excellent hearing, and he also had ex- a very powerful lungs. Yes. Which seemed two really random powers to give to one person. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, I'm looking at IMDb right now, but yeah, uh, yeah. Mike Ed- wasn't. Wasn't Jack Purvis an Ugnot? I think he was. An Ugnot? From from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it's very possible. I think, I think so. if I think uh, if you were yeah. I think if you were a, a midget actor in that time period, you, <laughs> you definitely were worked Wars. on Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you're in England, anyways. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike Edmonds is watching the movie. Uh, he he looks like a like a Sorry, I sorry, I had to look him up. His known for Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So yes, you're right, Wade. <laughs> uh, Mike Edmonds, the one without the beard uh, that doesn't talk except when he's yeah, Og. He's Og. the dumb one. Yeah, yeah that's his character. He, he's he, dumb. He looks like a like a weird doppelganger of Haley Joel Osment. I mean, after Haley Joel Osment like got old and like yes, gained a yes. lot of weight, yeah. yeah. It's got that kind of weird, kind of flabby face. It's kind of jolly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next time you watch it, just keep an eye out for that. Jeebus. Okay. <laughs> it's making me laugh at how stupid it was. But uh, yeah. so yeah, they go they go to France. They they outsmart Napoleon, and then they get one a running gag when they land on uh, Shelley Duvall right. and it's Michael and Pan, Michael right? Palin, yeah. yeah, Vincent oh, and Pansy. Yeah, it's. I wish they'd kept that joke going at least one more time. Yeah, I I was thought that there was three times, but it really is only the two yeah. different time periods. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a rule of comedy. You got to do it. Yeah, the third time, the third, third time, time. the switch up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but in each time, uh, Michael Palin's character has some sort of physical problem that he's really self conscious about and complaining about. So the first to... time he just talks about the problem, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's he says it's all clear. And then when he gets tied up, he's like, "The problem's back. I need fruit." <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that when they're walking away, they're tied to the tree. Yeah, and they're just completely ignored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both times in each direction, they don't even look at him. <laughs> Our heroes, and then John Cleese's great turn as Robin Hood. Oh. Yeah, probably my best, if my favorite performance. And in the and, and the the third favorite joke for me, which is when they <laughs> they bring out the peasants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the poor, I should say. Right. <laughs> Are you sure you have to do that? <laughs> <laughs> he says he's afraid it is. <laughs> is, that, is that really necessary? He says he's afraid so, sir. <laughs> and it, the, it, the 
best one is the, the woman, the old woman. Cause he's yeah, the like, very last one, yeah. eyeballing her. The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like got his fist cocked. Yeah, he yeah. like waits like this pregnant pause. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And then just slugs her right across the face just as hard. So wait, what's this thing with the poor? I don't remember this part. So when Robin Hood is distributing all the, the, the pilfered goods to the poor, the, good, the, the poor all line up, and he hands like a gold goblet to a peasant, and then his right-hand man, Redgrave he's called, this big scary guy, just punches them right in the face. And then, they, then they're just pushed off. The next one comes up, he receives a golden thing, and he gets punched in the face. And so Robin Hood eventually says, like, is that really necessary to punch them in the face? And at this point, the guy, like, he's just muttering gibberish, and the other guy is translating for him, says, he's, just, he's afraid it is necessary, sir. And he goes, oh, okay. And then he punches a woman in the face. <laughs> awesome. I love that joke, how the Merry Men are this group of horrible, just murdering thieves and bastards. And yet, for some inexplicable reason, they're humoring this, this like pure white, goofy Robin Hood character straight out of like a 1920s serial movie. Uh, his his hat is cracking me up. Yeah, <laughs> so the feathers like two, so yeah, yeah. It's two feathers. One of them so long that it's like winding all the way back around the back of his neck. Yeah, and then the like the front, the point of his of his uh, hat is like two feet out in front of his forehead. <laughs> Just completely cartoonish. And the way they close out the whole scene, the whole time he's like, jolly good, right. jolly good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they leave. He's like, thank uh-huh. you. And then uh-huh. just like right when they're out of earshot, he says, um, what horrible people. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he walks off. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line in that whole scene was when he asks, I think it was one of the guys like, so you, you're a robber. How long have you been a robber? And the guy says, four foot one, sir. He goes, four <laughs> foot one. Jolly. That, 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 that. That is a long time, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> he's too polite. He has to pretend that that's a perfectly acceptable response to his question. <laughs> they go from there to the Titanic. Right, yeah. And yeah. You, then you get uh, Vincent and Pansy again. Oh, no, no, no. They, don't, they go from there to Greece. Oh, that's right. You all Kevin yeah. goes to Greece. Right, yeah. And then they show the, up at the end. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I forgot. The, the supreme being you meet if uh, catches up to them, and so he goes to the left one. Right. Which always, which always bugged me as a child when he's like, he sees two doors and he goes, "Which one should I go through?" And then uh, the main guy, uh, Randall, has plenty of time to say the right one. He just says, "Just go, just go, just go in any one of them." And then right as he's running through, he goes, "Oh, not that one." So <laughs> kid always pissed me off. Like, just freaking say that first, damn it. Then he meets yes. Sean Connery. Yeah. So apparently they. Um, they uh, weren't expecting to get Sean Connery. They just wrote in the script that the guy pulls his helmet off and reveals a face that looks exactly like Sean Connery. Mm. But then, to their surprise, Sean Connery actually accepted the, oh, nice. the part. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really just a cameo. It was a real small part for a guy of his stature at the time, so they were pretty surprised. Well, oh, Darby and the little people. Well, this is well after that. Yeah, but he's got experience with little people. <laughs> Too I, soon? I see, I see what you did there, Alex. <laughs> I've never seen Darby and the Little People. What is this that we're talking Dar- about? Darby O'Gill. Me, me either. And the Little People. It's. <laughs> but I it's, always it's put in super... like my Disney my Disney beta tape of like Dumbo or something, and there was always a trailer for Darby and the Little People with Sean Connery. I was like, "What the hell is this movie?" And I never <laughs> seen it. You've never so seen just, it. I just know that little trailer before Dumbo. It's it's Darby O'Gill and the Little People on my beta tape, and it it's basically. I, I don't know if I was if I was any more Irish I would be offended. 
Oh, it's like super Irish. So oh, it's, like it's leprechauns. It, oh, there literally are like little people, like that kind of little people. Yeah. So, and everybody's super Irish, and I'm pretty sure the main guy is just, just drunk through the whole thing, even though they never <laughs> say it right. implicitly. Yeah. And then like, Connery shows up. It's like his first movie. Yeah. It was his first it. movie. I don't know if it was his first. It was like made back before he did Bond. Yeah, it was before is, the Bond. Is, is he doing an Irish accent? Because he never changes his Scottish accent. I think he is. Wow. He has to for that. Yeah. He, I guess he didn't have the clout to just say, nope, Scottish accent. You want yeah. me to get a Scottish accent. Right. Well, first he said, fuck the Irish. And then he said, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connery with a f- full head of black hair. So as a little <laughs> aside here for, uh, you know, all the Irish immigrants and everything that came on the Mayflower to America... They got, like, really shit on, right? Yeah, I don't think the Irish need not apply thing. I think that was a bit of a, like, an urban legend. But, yeah, they weren't, they were considered gutter people. So what about the Scots? Uh, the Scots didn't come in droves. So oh, okay, that, so there's just a couple. And also, I think, because I think a lot of the Irish people at the time didn't speak English as the first language. They actually spoke Gaelic. And... So a lot, of, a lot of the Irish people that came over also didn't speak the language, but I guess... When the Scottish people did arrive, they were just considered just generally British, and they spoke English. Oh, okay. Well, that solves that mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, <laughs> we did go back in time to solve yeah. this mystery. So, so, so That's you get, true, I guess. So you so. get the, the whole Agamemnon thing with... Uh, That's who he was. With Sean Connery. Yeah. And the, kid, the kids actually... And this is like probably the, the most serious part of the whole movie, where the the kid and Connery are kind of bonding. Yeah, bonding, yeah, because he doesn't have real parents, really. And Connery and now he has son. one, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's probably good the kid got out, because he probably would have gotten murdered. Right, yeah. I love how that, yeah, because Agamemnon and Clytemnestra, which in the, in the myths, Agamemnon actually sacrifices their daughter so that he can go to Troy for the Trojan War. And then when he comes back, Clytemnestra murders him in vengeance. And then Agamemnon's son... Uh, Orestes murders Clytemnestra, his own mother. It's like some sort of tragedy. Yeah, I can't think of. It's actually one of. It's a very tragic drama. Yeah, whatever those are called. It's a blank tragedy. It's. It's actually one of the happier. (laughs) (laughs) That is. It's a real chuckle fest for the ancient Greeks. (laughs) (laughs) There's no incest. There's. It's a real (laughs) war. This one. Yeah. So so they go through all that and they they pull the kid out through a magic trick, right? Which has smoke for some reason when they vanish, right? Yeah, oh, special effects. Well, there's like swirling paper when they fall from um, uh, what's this? Uh, Kevin's uh, door, you know, when they fall into the pit out of Kevin's room. There's just like swirling paper everywhere for some reason. There's just random effects. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have the smoke machine. Well, we use paper. <laughs> well, we got the smoke machine now. Well, I guess we got to use it. <laughs> so they now they land on the Titanic. Right. Uh, they they all get tuxedos for some reason. <laughs> well, they're rich now because they stole all the right. But they had they sell tuxedos on the ship. Yeah. So they, yeah. So apparently there is a tailor who is ready and willing to make uh, six midget-sized tuxedos. Well, that's probably not that far-fetched. I'm sure there was a tailor on the Titanic. You think people get? Yeah. People buying brand new suits on a cruise ship? I think so. 
You're supposed to bring your own tuxedo to the Titanic. Well, of course, but it's like, oh, I gotta get mine fitted. I ate too much food at the Titanic. <laughs> so, wait, didn't Jack have a suit made for him in the movie? I never saw that movie. Actually. I don't know. Well, he was like a bum, like barely got on the boat, and next thing you know, he's going to like fancy dinners with um, Miss Kate Winslet. T- Titanic, see. Mrs. Titanic, yeah. (laughs) With uh, hand misty wiper. (laughs) Why? Why were there so many cars in the Titanic? By the way, so many cars. Yeah, they were rich. Didn't the Titanic leave from Detroit? (laughs) That would have been a hell of a (laughs) hell of a voyage, but no, did not leave from Detroit. (laughs) Okay, well then the mystery continues. Anyways, we'll save that for the Titanic episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, it's, there, there's the joke there. He asked the the waiter. Yeah. <laughs> more champagne and bring plenty of ice. Yeah. And, and the waiters right leave, the, and you see the Titanic. Yeah. yeah. And the the boat starts sinking immediately, pretty much when he says that. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like floating around the water, and they're supposed to be freezing, but they don't show it. It's kind of <laughs> lame. Yeah, like well, in the they, in, 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 they in never the, like oh Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, didn't he like people freeze to death at like in a couple minutes in, yeah. in the Titanic it's movie? So but they're just kind of hanging out. No one's even, yeah. no one's even saying "burr." It's cold. They're just hanging out. Yep. It's iceberg water for Pete's sake. <laughs> I bet they would have let Jack on the piece of wood. Yeah, or at least taking turns. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Then then evil uses his cauldron and sucks him into the what's it called again? The Fortress of Ultimate Darkness, I Fortress think. Fortress of Ultimate Darkness. Yeah. Uh, Roll for initiative. Which, <laughs> which, which leads to a scene that kind of goes on, or a, a gag that I think kind of goes on a little too long with the, the whole ogre. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I hurt. And then she's giving him the ointments and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that scene went on a little too long. Uh, fun fact, um, the guy playing the ogre, Peter Vaughn, yeah. is Meister... Amon. Uh, Amon from Game yeah. of Thrones at the the Meister at the wall. Yeah. The blind Meister. Mm-hmm. Three blind Meisters. Well, did you know that the guy who is punching all those peasants is uh, the villain from Lethal Weapon 2? The guy who says that he killed uh, Murtaugh's uh, wife. Really? Yeah. You mean he wasn't actually South African? He was not. <laughs> He's Irish. Interesting. <laughs> and the guy next to him, the guy that translates for him, who's called Marion... Um, he was um, Calabos in Clash of the Titans. Wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm going way back that's here. All, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're going along, and then they have the ogre thing. And then what might be the cleverest thing in the entire movie, where the, the ship turns out to be just this guy's hat. <laughs> well, uh, was it just his hat, or the, or did the uh, giant come up underneath the uh, the ship? And so that's what you, I think happened. Aren't you because the ship gets. Cabin boy? <laughs> yeah, it's probably, no. probably right. Yeah. Although this movie could have used a little bit of David Letterman. <laughs> man, oh man, do I hate them fancy lads! <laughs> you want to buy a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> But I'm serious. Didn't that happen in Cabin Boy? The dude There's... ship. I I really don't remember much about that movie. I remember yeah. they're in a in a ship. And that's all I really remember. I think there was like a 
like an octopus woman or something like that or a siren. No, I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But it but it couldn't be the giant's hat originally because the ogre, when they kick him in the water, he's like, oh, wow, the treatment's really working. I can cough again. And he starts coughing and that makes the ship's sails billow and the ship goes away. Mm-hmm. That's how they that's how they outrun the ogre by him coughing makes the ship go away. And then I think that then all of a sudden there's like a big like rumble and they cut the sails down. They're like, oh, well, OK, we're through that. And that was that was good. And then all of a sudden then the, the um, ship starts rising up. So the initial sh- rumble was the, hit, the giant's head hitting the bottom of the, of the ship, I imagine. Either way. It's a very interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it's very imaginative. There's lots of th- things in this movie that you're like wh- who would think of that? So I actually got a, a couple things about that once we get to the showdown with evil here in a second. Yeah. So so just to, to kind of jump to that, they, they, they do get into the fortress. Uh, they have the maze again. They kind, of, they kind of doubled down on the whole Minotaur thing in this movie for some reason. Maze again? There's Ooh. another maze? Well, I guess it's... There's more corn? So the entranceway in is, is basically a maze. Right. So it's, well, that was the only maze, but the the Minotaur. So they fight the. Like, they really didn't. Yeah, they didn't really. They didn't call it a Minotaur, and there's That's no true. maze when he fights. Maybe there's some sort well, of. I'm just saying that it happens twice in the movie. There's big references to. The okay. Just, did you did you see a Minotaur, uh, a toy in his room? Because I never caught it. After. Mm-hmm. I caught a lot of, like, knowing that they were going to be coming back, this time I was keeping my eye out for some of his toys, and I saw a lot of them. Like, there was a tank, there was a French cavalry guy, there was a bunch of other things, but didn't see no many time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, keep going. So they, they run up uh, a small bit from Jim Broadbent. Right, yeah. Uh, Who I didn't recognize until very recently. He's <laughs> the, the game show host. Right. Uh... And his parents. Yeah. And it's all a trap from evil, and he gets him to hand over the map. And then I like how Kevin's just shouting the whole time. It's a trap, guys! Stop it! It's <laughs> just, just, running, just yeah. running towards it like idiots. Blinded by greed, yeah. yeah. Just like his parents. So they capture it, throw it in a cage, and while they're in the cage, they eventually escape, uh, cleverly climbing out and swinging the cage and using rope. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get more you get the best scenes from from evil. <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy from Tron, right? Yeah, yeah David, David Warner. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and what movie? My favorite line of the movie when he uh, when he turns him into the dog. <laughs> he says, "No, Benson, I shall have to turn you into a dog for a while." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, on the nose. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just playing it straight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get. You're so mercifully free of the ravages of intelligence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's such a great line too. Um, so uh, they they get out and they yeah they they have the big showdown with evil they go back in time to the the portal that they figure out is beneath the right the, the temple and then they bring back different groups of people from history yeah they have the fight tanks yeah. Yeah, the oh tanks. and he turns into that carousel that's freaking creepy as shit yeah, yeah the way he takes super... out each each group of, of thing is pretty cool yeah very very creative again uh, especially with the carousel thing yeah and and the finger guns I love too. We just like pull back on his fingers and they shoot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like evil is like a cyborg, basically. Everything about him is just like yeah, technology so te- yeah, and evil, yeah. Evil technology, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
goes on for a while. <laughs> that little showdown. Yeah. Um, eventually, and and this was kind of weak, I thought, watching again. But he blows himself up because he, you know, the whole time it turns out that the supreme being was watching the whole thing go down. Right. And he shows up the last second and causes evil to blow himself up. Right. Kind of puts things back to rights. Uh-huh. Uh, and he says, "Evil turned out rather well." <laughs> and they're <laughs> Don't like, "You think?" And they're like, "They're like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the day saved. Uh, God basically shows up. Day sex machina. Yeah, rather literally. Mm-hmm. Takes him. Takes all the time edits back with them, <laughs> and he gives them. <laughs> he's he's going to make them basically into gardeners. Yeah, he's going to demote them and yeah. lower Don't, their wages back dated to the beginning of time. Yeah. 19, 19%. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, oh, thank you, thank you. And he's like, yes, I'm the nice one. Yeah. <laughs> but he's being a total asshole, because when you think about it, like, he says, oh, sorry, we stole your map. And he's like, you didn't steal it. I gave it to you. This whole thing was my, this whole thing was my plan. So why does he demote them? Because they were jerks. Yeah, because they were trying <laughs> to steal everything. He yeah. didn't tell them to steal anything. He just gave them the map. But yeah, for the ex- they were doing his express. Everything that happened was by God's design, the supreme being's design, and yet he still demotes them. Yeah, but the whole like here, Kevin is like the audience surrogate. Yeah, the whole time Kevin's like, "What? Why? Yeah, why does there have to be evil? Why did why you did do all this? those people have to die just to test your creation? Yeah, yeah. I think it has something to do with free will. <laughs> it's kind of like it's nonchalant or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. Kevin is transported and then, back. Sorry, dude, we didn't really talk about the reveal that the that the supreme being, this ominous giant floating yes. face, <laughs> is Ralph Richardson in a gray suit, <laughs> just sort of going, just being very proper. Yeah, super British. Yeah, being super super British gentleman, writing things down in a little notebook. Like, what's your name, Kevin? Sign here, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that version. Yeah, why, why, I just want to know what he was signing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why does God need somebody to sign off on a notepad? It's very Shatner-esque. Yeah. Why does God need to sign off on something? <laughs> so they they finish up, they go back. Kevin's room's on fire. <laughs> right. Uh, he's rescued by Connery again. Mm-hmm. Which you don't know n- until... Until he gets outside. And, yeah, yeah. And then in the funniest slash darkest oh, God, moment of the movie, makes, yeah. <laughs> the piece of evil is in their toaster. Yeah. <laughs> and the wife, the, his, his uh, mom is chiding his dad, if you were half a man, you would have gone back for the blender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't touch it. It's pure evil. <laughs> yeah. Mom, Dad, no, it's evil. They Don't look at it for a second, it. and they both like can't wait to touch it. Yeah, I know. I watched it. Yeah, they really just rushing to touch that thing immediately. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as he tells him. Yeah. And then Sean Connery winks at him. Right. And then that's the end of the movie. They blow up, nobody reacts. <laughs> yeah. Sean Connery winks at him, leaves him on his... Like, some of the neighbors are kind of standing around, but... Yeah, yeah. The, the fire truck just takes off. Like, there's yeah. no other authorities around. <laughs> just leave this poor kid out there. Right. Now, is this a sad ending, or a rather happy ending? I think it's a good ending. Because his parents are jerks. His parents were, yeah, his parents were crushing his uh, his imagination. Yeah, he's better off. Better off as an orphan. And, and, the, and the Supreme Being so. tells him that Kevin has to go on, carry on the fight. 
Right, yeah. Apparently, that means letting his parents get killed, but... Yeah. <laughs> or, watch, or watching his parents get killed, anyways. That's yeah. the paper that he signed. It's like, okay, you sign off on your parents. They're gone. Yeah, <laughs> that was the death warrant. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So apparently it was Sean Connery's idea to come back as the fireman. Yeah. I read that somewhere. It's an interesting tidbit. So, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about David Warner real quick, though. Yeah. Um, so good in this. One um, of the Warner Brothers, of course. One, not not <laughs> one of the Warner Brothers. What? Warner Cousin. Warner Cousin. You didn't get anything in the will. I want to know kind of what, what happened to him. Like, the last thing I saw him in was, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Well, he's been in lots of things. He's he's very old now. He was in Penny Dreadful, the Showtime show. Okay, so and he is very old. But he's been in lots of he did just did a lot of TV. Well, that's that's what I mean. He was never like really in big movies. Yeah, he well he was always more of a character actor. I think he kind of had his heyday in the seventies when he was in you know, like Tron. Well, when was Tron? So yeah, great in Tron. Tron, the Omen. He was in um, um, Cast. There was, Cast a Deadly Spell, which is one of my favorite little movies. Oh, was that the one where that's kind of the H.P. Lovecraftian kind of thing? So, so HBO did two Lovecraft movies. Uh, yeah. One of them had Dennis Hopper, and that one was kind of not as okay. good. Yeah. But the this one had Fred Ward. Fred, yeah, the Fred Ward. Uh, Julianne Moore, Clancy Brown, and Dave Warner. Whoa, yeah. whoa, Clancy Brown. And it was really, really, really good for a made-for-TV movie at the time. Yeah. Uh, maybe. It, it, Maybe it was supposed to go into theaters, and HBO just kind of picked it up. Who knows? Uh-huh. But uh, it, yeah, I, I recommend uh, Cast a Deadly Spell if anybody gets the chance, if, especially yeah, if you like Lovecraft. I've been thinking about finding it, but it's kind of hard to find because people keep talking about it. So people keep keep talking about a TV movie made in like whatever, like early '90s or late '80s, whenever yeah. it was. It must be pretty good. Yeah. So, are there many deadly spells that are cast, or are people just trying to cast one like deadly spell? Or people casting spells, they just need to cast them more deadlier. Yeah. I, I think the, the appropriate response there would have been silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the same wavelength as Alex here. I want to know. Yeah. Well, you got to watch the movie. I'm not going to spoil uh, things. Oh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, any other points about the movie? Um, it, again, it's very dark. You know, when, when we were kids, or the edges comedies that we saw um dumb and dumber something about mary uh but this this is kind of beyond well, that in a I lot of ways way before those movies right well i'm just yeah. saying like we when we think of edgy comedies you don't necessarily yeah, think of, of this but this is in a lot of ways a lot more uh a lot a lot more past the edge than those movies are with a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a very black comedy just the kind of a casual disregard for human life <laughs> yeah that <laughs> permeates the movie so anyways um, anything else to add about this movie the music I never really noticed before until I watched it uh, yesterday um, is really good I was really impressed by the music if you notice like the score uh, the last the, the credits music is by George Harrison right which we were talking about mm. on the last podcast that I recall Super but, catchy. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that song stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, but just the score in general is really good. And it's just, it's kind of harkens back to that old time. Because it seems like movies, when I was a kid, you know, they were Raiders of the Lost Ark and Superman and those really, like, Star Wars, those iconic film scores. 
And this one didn't have like that kind of iconic, you know, you sing, a, you hum a riff, and everybody knows, oh, that's that movie or something. But the the film scores these days don't seem to be very interesting anymore. And I, think it's, I think they've lost a lot of the like those ones you mentioned were. They're all like very bombastic and yeah, yeah. Like this was high, like, high adventure. Now right. they're all more like foghorns and <laughs> brrr, brrr. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that became a thing, but right. Well, <laughs> well, I say Pure... Harry, po- Harry Potter movies would be this thing for recently, right? Yeah, and th- those were John Williams. So. I know, but yeah. they had, so I think it's the John Williams thing. <laughs> Did, did you like the scores for those movies? Were yeah, those good? I did. I thought the main theme, anyway, it's the only one I really remember, but it was yeah. really good. When when we went to Side Story here, we, we went to see John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl, and we were in the back, and we we were pretty well served. <laughs> and, Self-served? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we were, I don't necessarily we were talking, but we were making some kind of noise during the Harry Potter portion of John Williams' night. <laughs> And this woman, Booing. yeah, this woman turned around and, sh- and shushed us. Uh, like, really? Like of all the John Williams songs, that was that was the one you came for. It was the Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> that was the time to go to the bathroom. Man. I mean, yeah. the audience, the audience, like everybody now is waving around lightsabers. <laughs> everybody was, you know, lost their shit when they started doing the Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. And she, we were in like the fifth to the back row. Yeah, of we Hollywood were practically Bowl. in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We paid five dollars for a seat, which means you did too. So shut up. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Anyways, but different generations, right? I mean, like you said, we like Star Wars. They may be younger. They may be the Harry Potter kids. She, she, uh, she wasn't that much younger. I, it's <laughs> definitely when I said woman, it was definitely someone well in her twenties, at least. Uh, I was drunk. I was <laughs> hammered. Yes. Um, so sorry, but I think I cut you off there. Was there something else you want to say about the score? Um, I don't know, not that much. I, I thought that the the Greek the Greek uh, light motif, however that's pronounced, um, was particularly good. And I really enjoyed it. They kind of play it throughout when he's in Greece. It's very it's very evocative. It's one of my favorite like just sort of background score pieces of music. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Right. And that's what I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. all I got to say about that. <laughs> There's nothing else. We will move on to Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was ya. <laughs> it reversed is, it. Uh, reversed it. Wade. What? I didn't. I didn't hear your Neom News. Oh, I was hoping I would be able to get away with not getting this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got. You got a. You got a solo here. Uh, okay, I've ready. Down the thunder. <clears throat> let's let's do this again. It's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was that? It was See, well like done. everybody's interpretation is Yeah, no, that's nice. what they were saying last week. Yeah, everybody's got their own thing. We got a nice chorus here going. Yeah. It's not just a bunch of sand people screaming. Uh, so, uh, we'll go ahead and start with Jeff. Sand people screaming. Um, uh, don't go our news. I saw the Avengers sand today. Screaming, oh, uh, did you? Playing Coachella. Okay. So, yeah, that was going to be one of my bits. Uh, Wade, did you see it? I seen it, yes. Okay. Alex, did you manage to see it? <laughs> no, of course yeah, not. All right. Um, so, what would you think, Jeff? But I know Scarlet, uh, Scar- uh, the Black S- Widow, the S- slut, Scarlet right. Witch, Scarlet yeah. Witch Johansson. Mm-hmm. Scarlet <laughs> Witch Johansson. That's, where, that's actually where I was going. <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, maybe not as good as the first one, but very close, if not. Um, 
I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot, a lot of funny lines in there, funny jokes. Uh, it's awesome. Just, I mean, it's a comic book come to life. I think they really nailed it. <laughs> Some of those action scenes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without giving away anything, because I know it's still early on, I probably don't want to spoil it yet, but I would recommend it. I guess I've heard that some people were mad at some stuff, which I don't know why, but I thought it was cool. Go see so it. They made it. I didn't like it as much as the first one. Okay. I, I think I think that's everybody's takeaway. Yeah. yeah. I thought that there was there was too much crap going on. There was too many plot lines. They introduce a character like an hour and fifty minutes into the movie, and I'm like. Really, you're in- still introducing people, and we're supposed to have any kind of the audience is supposed to have. I don't know. That was very strange the way they handled that. Too many plot lines because they're still introducing plot lines almost up until the third act. And honestly, I didn't think that the uh, like the wit- the witticisms and the jokes and stuff were quite on par with the um, with the previous movie. Really, really, I love like, yeah. stuff with stuff with the hammer. I thought was really good. Oh, the stuff, that was that, good. There were there that, were that good scene parts. Was, yeah, the, the yeah. hammer scene was brilliant. Yeah, I like <laughs> the hammer scene. Um, uh, Chris Hemsworth, like, you know, he's definitely got some. Well, they they all do got got some comedic timing, right? But like the look on his face when <laughs> when Cap goes to pick up the hammer, right? Yeah, like, that's pretty classic. But yeah, uh, that was a good scene. Yeah, but I think that the, the, my problem a, a lot of, with a lot of it was that most of the action was against sort of faceless peons. <sighs> so, so, so I think I think that's that's like an intrinsic problem. Yeah. With, with the big action scenes, because you gotta all show them showcasing their stuff. So, but kind of, kind of, you kind of can't do that with like villains that have any weight to them, really. Right. I and mean, the uh, first movie, it was a lot. Most of the movie was actually the Avengers fighting each other. Most right. of the action was that. Yes. And I thought that that was a lot more interesting. There was a lot more storytelling going on there than just sort of scene after scene of them kind of casually trading somewhat funny witticisms while they're kind of mowing through regular humans with rifles or yet another scene of them facing off against uh, seven dozen Ultron clones. So, so let's talk a little bit about Ultron himself. Uh, I I like the character. I I really, I really liked, I did like James Spader did. Um, Yeah. I really liked his look. Yeah. They looked really badass. Well, I I, I was a bit up for the role. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen him lately? James, James, James Spader is ripped. He's got a lot of bulk. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit. I, I was ambivalent towards the fact that he has lips. That's what I was just gonna say. Wait, the you lips bother me. You know what? I totally didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather them, you know, put more emotion into him than just go like the comic book where it's just the, like a like the bender glowing right mouthpiece. Now, with the characterization they gave him, which was surprisingly goofy, I think that that was uh, that choice to give him lips made more sense. If they were just going to go for a, I am Ultron, I will destroy you, yeah. then giving him lips would have just made him look silly. Yeah. But now that he's, uh, yeah, the, the way that they made him, it made more sense. My, my only complaint about Ultron was that, like, as as a villain, he kind of petered out at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, without, yeah, there spo- without spoiling anything, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't a very, yeah, super strong, menacing villain. Well, that's the thing is, like, I think he could have been, and they kind of wasted that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, he was badass. The the Hulkbuster, which is not spoiling anything. That <laughs> thing was pretty rad. So yeah, there was a lot of just they, they they did a lot of more interesting stuff where they combined powers. I did like that, you know. 
So they they're getting that. They get Hawkeye gets a lot of screen time. They yeah, I guess Jeremy do. Renner must have been complaining or something. I never get to do anything, so <laughs> they gave him a lot to do in this movie. All of a sudden, we have to care about Hawkeye. So, did you care about Hawkeye? Yeah, that was probably the funniest line in the movie. Was without spoiling anything, that that scene when uh, they go to the safe house. Yeah, I don't know. Tony Stark. Well, mention that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I, you know, we're saying it's not as good as the first one. I, I think it would have been impossible, just from the, just from the, the get go, because of the novelty of the of the Avengers, the first movie. Um, you know, you can't recapture that. Uh, so, I, 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 think, think, you know, it, I think I think they're behind the eight ball from, from the very start on that. So, I think they could have made it better. I, I'm not saying that the movie couldn't have been better. I'm saying it would have been really tough to make it better than the first movie. Well, I don't place the Avengers on like a giant pedestal or anything. I thought it was a very good movie, but I wasn't, you know, the novelty of the fact that there were all these, you know, stars of individual movies kind of combined. That was cool, but I don't think that was going to make, I don't think that made the Avengers unattainable, personally. Huh. I just think between, between the novelty and the hype, there's a lot to do, and yeah, the the movie does. A, the, the, there are missteps. I'm not. I'm not saying that there's not. Right. But, do you think this one had more hype than the first one? They made a lot more money. That's tough to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely the hype of people that li- really liked the first movie. Right. Um, you know, where it was kind of an unknown quantity going into the, the first Avengers. Yeah. So. Anyways, uh, anything else to add on the Avengers, Jeff? Yeah, I think you're making excuses, Scott. There's in our recent time, there's been like sequels, the Lord of the Rings, and stuff that were better than the first that lived up to it. Well, I think Lord of the I, Rings uh, is its own animal, though. It is, but it isn't. They're still based on these books that have been around forever that have been. Modified. I'm, not, I'm not saying it was impossible. I'm just saying the bar was set pretty high in making it better than the first movie. I know, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying in recent past we've seen it where it has they have. People have surpassed that, I guess. Yeah, people have made sequels to good movies and made better movies. It right. does happen. Well, I mean, you, even with high expectations. Okay. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, what? So you're saying Two Towers and Return of the King? Like, what? What other examples would you have? Spider-Man Two. There you go. Yeah. Em- Empire Strikes Back. I know that's a while ago, but um, Dark Knight. The X-Men movies. Big Some of them were better than others. Big Top Pee sucked. <laughs> what? We're take the, you gotta take you. the the first movie in context here. So yeah, I, so, I, so, I so, 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 so for for Star Wars, definitely, yeah. Um, Spider Man, yeah, a little, not quite what I had in mind, but yeah. yeah anyway, I thought it was good. I, guess, I think we all agree it's not as good as the first, um, but we all like. Sounds like we all liked it. Yeah. Finding a lot to disagree on. With, with we all basically have the same opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I agree with you guys, but go fuck yourselves. Yeah, um, the cameo by Spider-Man was really cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, was there one? I heard, I heard something about that, and I never saw one. I'm joking. Okay, but I thought that I heard somewhere that Spider-Man was going to have a cameo. Yeah, so. there was yeah. a rumor that he was going to be like the little teaser at the very end of the credits. Or something oh, like that. yeah. Oh, I, I think was... I think we can all agree that the the stinger was was worthless. Yeah. Like, we already knew that Ultron, or the, what's-his-name, was going to be the villain. 
Oh, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Thanos. Yeah. We've already seen him. Spoilers. So, like, we didn't even... Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so, whatever. I guess we get to see the gauntlet, right? We haven't seen the gauntlet. No, we have, though. That's the thing. Oh, we did it? Yeah, it shows up oh. in the background in, like, a couple of Thor movies. At least one of them. Oh, okay. Mm. So, it showed absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it was super short. Yeah. It's just to drive home the point. Here's where the yeah. next set of movies is going. Right, Spoilers. yeah. I was hoping for another Howard the Duck reference. <laughs> that was cool. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. The the next Avenger. Wait, was that was that was that actually in one of them? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Was it? I never. Yeah, it was never... the second Stinger. Oh, I don't think I st- I never think I don't think I ever saw that. Cool. Yeah, he was in uh, the Collector's Menagerie. <laughs> yeah, you can kind like, of like... see him in the background during the regular movie a little. Yeah. Bit, if you're looking for him. Oh, cool. Marvel property. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Apparently. Made by Lucasfilm. Movie Disney was. Disney property. <laughs> all comes back together. Mm-hmm. Donald Duck. Um, Circular. All good things. <laughs> <laughs> um, no other good news. Oh, no other news. Uh, except I just watched, I think, the season finale of Gotham tonight. It was all right. I finished that series. Proud of myself. Hung in there. <laughs> you going to watch the second season? <laughs> Toughed it out. Don't know about second season, but you you took your medicine. I took my medicine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, has it been consistent with the storyline, or does it feel like, uh, like I don't I don't know if you ever watched Heroes, where it just feels like they're just making up shit as they go along. Like there's no grand plan or lost. Or they. I was they a writer on going. that show. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> It felt consistent, but it's also one of those shows that's like, um, sometimes it's a Monster of the Week episode also, so there's no moving forward, and then some weeks they do. So, Which is cool. You don't want 20... I mean, Commissioner Gordon get really boring after a while. He's just a cop, right? Like, it's just, like someone said, it could be called CSI Gotham. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> so I think the, like the monster, the, or the villain of the week, I should say, not monster. You'll have something like that where they solve that. And then there's the overarching story of Bruce Wayne as a kid doing stuff and then the, the crime bosses Falcone and Penguin and Riddler, how they're kind of progressing into the characters we know them to be. So that part was cool. But then some of it, it's, it's cheesy. Like there was a big gunfight and it was laughable how bad it was compared to, I just saw Avengers. And then I come home and watch this. It's like, Ooh, <laughs> TV versus Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. I know it's not a fair thing to compare, but hundreds of millions of dollars versus <laughs> yeah. TV episodes. <laughs> Uh, just out of curiosity, did you see it in RPX? No, I just saw it on a standard, regular, non-3D theater. Yeah, me too. I try to avoid 3D if I can. Yeah, no. Uh, just, yeah, it adds nothing to me. I, I was less than impressed with the sound of the theater that I saw it in. So. Yeah. yeah, it's so loud as shit in a regular theater. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying it was loud, it's just... Uh... Didn't we see Dark Knight Rises in a, one of those RPX we theaters? We saw it in or... RPX. Yeah, and we couldn't understand a word Bane was saying <laughs> the entire movie. That's my news. All right. Uh, Alex. Well, got some uh, some uh, true facts, tidbits, and some unsubstantiated tidbits. We've only got time for one of those. Oh, shit. Well, they're both tied together. All right, go for it. The uh, next... The, <laughs> the next... Uh, what should we call it? Uh, spin-off movies, Star Wars standalone movies are going to be based on Boba Fett. 
Okay. I heard that. I heard so, that it was going to be one of them was going to be about like someone who stole his suit. Mm-hmm. Stole Boba Fett's soup. His soup. Soup is soup. Yeah, his soup. Yeah, he makes this really nice goulash. <laughs> That's my glass counter. Then, yeah, the whole time he's like using his jetpack to chase after this guy with his goulash. And he's like, "Don't spill it while I'm chasing you." Hey, maybe the Sarlacc pit burped up his soup, but ate the man, and so the suit is lying on Santa Tatooine, and some mm. something soup. Some Jawa picked it up and is now flying around in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, some of the unsubst- un- unsubstantiated stuff. Wait, 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 before you leave, sorry, before you leave Star Wars, did you hear one of the directors left? What? Yeah, Josh Trank. What's okay, Josh Trank done before? Uh, he did the Fantastic Four, the newest one. Yeah. So yeah, he's leaving one of the ones, I don't even think it's started production yet or anything. Or, yeah, I'm assuming it hasn't, but he... No, it hasn't. Yeah, he... I don't know which one it was going to be, but one of the movies that's in the plant in the pipeline, he quit. It was it was Boba Fett. It was the Boba Fett one. Okay. Yeah. It's the Boba Fett one, and the rumors are where? Boba Fett where? <laughs> rumors are that they're going to retcon that Boba Fett isn't his name; that's a title they just given. Oh what? God. Yeah, I know. But his Wait, father was Jango Fett, and he calls him Boba in the damn movie. Yeah. No, they're going to retcon all that. <laughs> That's retarded. I declare you Boba. <laughs> the fit. I don't know, but like retconning all the, the the leader of the clones is kind of like ultra meta, isn't it? Because now they've changed all the stormtrooper names, voices to sound like that guy, and now right. he's, that's going to be weird. Well, didn't they originally weren't they originally planning on uh, like Darth Vader was supposed to like Darth was supposed to be his first name? Because doesn't um, Obi-Wan say, like, oh, we meet again, Darth? Well, so, and then he decided that, that was, like, a title. Well, nah. the, well, that, well, the original name was Steve. Steve Vader. <laughs> Steve yeah. Vader. And then, yeah. and then they decided that was... They not, changed that, Steve that, was, that wasn't menacing enough. With a PH. Two, yeah, with a PH. So it was actually it was like yeah. Stefan. Stefan Vader. <laughs> Vader. Yeah. Stefan. Vader. Stefan. The Stefan. There you go. That's how you know he's evil. Another rumor is that uh, Boba Fett will be played by Michael Fassbender. Okay. He's getting kind of old, isn't he? Mm, not if he keeps the mask on the whole time, just like uh, Timothy Oliphant. That'd be kind of cool. He never takes his mask off. Timothy Oliphant? <laughs> you, mean, you mean the guy... Um, you mean Carl yeah, Urban? Yeah, Carl Urban. <laughs> Yeah, Urban. I always get those. Uh, I, I I could see how you get them mixed up, Alex. Really? <laughs> Nothing alike to me. That's no. I was being facetious. Oh, okay. I I have no idea how you could mix those two guys up, Alex. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's because Carl Urban was in uh, Lord of the Rings, and they have Oliphants in that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good nice cover. Good, good save, Alex. You see? <laughs> I I, res- I respect it. Just spat That's... into my microphone. <laughs> also, it's not so much news, but it's a little. I have a question for you, well-read gentleman. Shoot. I've been I've been uh, on and off reading the uh, the original Arabian Nights. Uh, Arabian you know, when I have a minute here and there, reading some of Shahrazad's stories, yeah. and in one of them, somebody describes like uh, a husband finds his wife cheating on him with one of his slaves, and he describes it saying, "Oh." And I saw them, and they were laughing and chasing and playing around, and they were playing the uh, 
Hide the salami. No. <laughs> the, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's something really stupid, like the, the close buttock game. What is that? <laughs> it sounds pretty self-explanatory to me. Yeah. What, they, they're like, oh, let's see how close our buttocks can get before they touch? Sure. I'm sure if How you is it? Google you don't it, know. It's, it's not I'm sure there are websites dedicated to it. You <laughs> I could, you do not want it. to do there, that. There's fan fiction dedicated to. I was just saying to your way, favorite you, characters from Marvel, the Marvel universe, touching butts. Both of you jerks read a lot, and your history buffs. Isn't there something in history about this? Well, there was the butt touching incident of 1473. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just right. wondering. To this day, butt touching is still legal in me. <laughs> Anyways, what's your next news? No, that's it. All right, uh, Wade. <laughs> Close. Uh, I really don't have any news. I did see uh, the Ex Machina and a okay. double feature with uh, Avengers, and uh, I liked Ex Machina much better. Really? Yeah, it's a really good science fiction movie. Very, it's, it's the uh, like the opposite of Avengers. It's very minimalist. There's basically three characters, and they just kind of spend most of the movie in a, in a couple rooms. But it's very good. So okay. if you like interesting, thoughtful, intelligent science fiction films, check out Ex Machina. Yes. <laughs> There's lots of naked chicks in it, too. Ooh, I'm in. So, but they're uh, robots. Uh, uh, ass. <laughs> but they're sexy robots. Ooh, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> but they're sexy killer robots. They're, sex- they're sexually exploited sexy robots. <laughs> so it's a very sad. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so well, actually, speaking of that movie, the the main android woman uh, had a starring role in The Seventh Son, which I saw over the weekend. Oh yeah, which was with Wild Bill Hickok, which was freaking terrible. Did you expect it to be good? Oh no. Okay. No, no, I was expecting it to be bad, right. uh, but uh, it was much worse than I than I would have thought. I I will say though that it clocked in about ninety three minutes. <laughs> And, you know, my biggest complaint is always that movies are too long. Yeah. And I applaud them for trimming the fat. Uh, they must have realized there was no saving that piece of shit. Yeah. They knew where to pull them. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> Just kept it in at that 93-minute mark. Yeah. Uh, maybe a Good piece. enough. Yeah. Maybe a piece theaters or something. I don't know. Maybe you can yeah. cram in an extra showing. Uh, but, yeah, so I saw that. And then, of course, I wanted to talk about the Avengers, which we did. Um, so, yeah, that's that's everything I've got. Um, if nobody has anything else, what will we be talking about next week, Alex? What we will be talking about, uh, 1980s Michael J. Fox classic, Teen Wolf. All right. You got that, Boof? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, Boof. You are an animal. Ow! Alright, Styles. Too close. But game. Welcome everybody. Uh, <laughs> you gotta hit the son hard. of a bitch. Alex, shut up. Put some back. I gotta blow my nose. One second. Alright. Think back to your high school days. And are, are we? Are we good? Can I go? Can I? Can I finish? Project. <laughs> Please, can I finish? <clears throat> Welcome everybody to Hans. Shot first. It's everyone. I'm... <laughs> Alex, you shit-faced cockmaster. 
Welcome everybody. <laughs> Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> Wildcard.